It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 207 of Red Wings Rant, where tirades and impassioned pleas for yellow Detroit Red Wings finally have a home. Mike, we're doing another hybrid live stream watch along episode recording. Of course, we just watched Michael Rasmussen put one in the back of the net. Mike, what do they always tell you? You crash the net, good things will happen. Unless your name's Adina, then you fly wildly, go flying into the third row, and luckily, that's Houston what I'm talking there. about. That's Clean what I'm up. talking about. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Brett, Zadina goes crashing to the net, and it leaves open space for Rasmussen. No, he didn't crash into the net. He just went flying out of the Cra- shot. Crash the net. No, but he crashed. Oh my God! Out of the stadium. He no, we are not. We are flying not out of this the argument. Play. Oh, he did. He went flying. That was, net. That was a good job. Good job, Mr. Sedina and Rasmussen and everyone involved. Don't listen to Mike. Don't let him put you down. Don't listen to me. Don't watch the replay. Don't listen to facts. Don't do that. Just drink that sweet Sedina Kool-Aid. Goes down smooth. Well, uh, Mike, it's probably a good idea to address... uh, what uh, for the podcast listeners, of course, what this means for a hybrid episode is that uh, you're listening now. You already know what happened in this game. You know that after Rasmussen scored, the Red Wings gave up 16 more goals the rest of the night to L.A. And that was the last moment that we were happy. Uh, it, uh, of course, Mikey, you look at the shot chart right now. It's 13 to five. It was it was uh, what? It, how bad did it get? Ten to one? Man, uh, let's 13 say to there's five a the first period, I should say. There's, there's like uh probably like 15 um, cookies in a sleeve of Oreos. So the Kings got, <laughs> oof, God, they got like 11 cookies and we got four. It was, it was really rough. We didn't get any cookies. So they would eat two and then they'd give us one and then they'd start working on the next two cookies. And we barely were done with the cream in our first cookie. So, but you know what? That was, you know what? Let me just say, I, I'm good it was that. just the, it was just the first <laughs> 13 minutes of that first period because in the last seven minutes, which thanks to traffic today, uh, thanks to Snowmageddon uh, 2022, welcome Snowmageddon, friend of the show. 
Um, all I watched was the last seven minutes of this first period, Matt. And let me tell you, Red Wings look competitive. Uh, we were aggressive. We uh, got four of our five shots since I started watching it. And uh, now we're shooting 25% since I tuned in. So one out of those four shots is a goal. Matt, I must be the lucky one for the one. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I'm going to say we both are because I've been so busy. I, I, I think I missed the first half of the period there where the shots got out of out of hand. So uh, I, I'm pretty happy right now with what I've seen because uh haven't necessarily seen uh, amazing defensive play, but uh, at least we, we saw the catch up here. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I know we had some topics today. I know you want to talk to have a, uh, a comment for a friend of the show, Max Boltman. Um I know you had our, our buddy Stu Grimson. I know you had some stuff on him. And then a uh, little runway MVP talk. Uh, Matt, did you want to start with Stu today? Well, first I want to start with saying what's up to Chewy. Chewy's aboard. What is going on, my man? hope you're enjoying the first period. Uh, Logan letting us know that he's aboard as well. That was a nice one. Logan, you were you were ready to go earlier today, about an hour ago. I apologize. Uh, we did want to go earlier. Uh, snow got in the way. Uh, I also had a sick baby. Um, Mike, you have kids. Scariest thing in the world now. Just for everybody who doesn't have a kid, so you can know. Uh, they don't know how to blow their nose. Very uh, underrated, like, horrible thing. So what sh- what the child does, I, 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 I'm guessing this happens for most kids, but she's just been swallowing everything. Uh, cause she can't get it out any other way. So Ugh. this is the, the second time in two nights that she has had to throw up. So it's just not, it's not fun. And she doesn't really know what's going on. Cause she's like choking and throwing up and it's awful. And all she needs to do is blow her nose. Uh, but she doesn't know how, so she's frustrated and it's awful. So yeah, that's, uh, that's what I've been dealing with. Not fun. Is there a, uh, uh, a fun Mickey Mouse video where he's like, hey there, kids, let's blow our noses. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, I, I try to show it to her, and then when I put the Kleenex up to her nose, she, like, went, like, in. And I was like, no, the, you know, out. And it doesn't, that doesn't mean anything to her. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, you can't, yeah. it's like trying to describe a color to, you know, somebody blind. Like, it's so hard to just say, well, when you breathe out, you're, Breathing out, so you you breathe out, but harder. <laughs> Just answer your nose, Matt. Make nose. yourself uh, make yourself breathe. Are you catching air? Yeah, I'm catching the good molecules. Um, but yeah, we did have actual hockey topics today, Matt. Sorry. <laughs> Chewy likes your Mickey voice. Uh, oh, thank you. I appreciate that. You know, I, I do a lot of voices. Performance art letting us know sneezing is a learned skill later in life. Of course, when I became a dad, I had to scream my sneezes out. Uh, It's It's the only way to sneeze like a dad, as loud as you can. If it doesn't sound like a prehistoric dinosaur, you're doing it wrong. (laughs) All right. So we got to jump into one of these show topics eventually, right? Let's do it, buddy. What we wanted to do, uh, there's a fun little <laughs> video being shared on uh, the Detroit Red Wings Twitter. Uh, so we'll, we'll pull, I need a minute here, as I always do, uh, to pull this up. Uh, what you can see in the background, or I guess, what am I talking about? In the foreground of our uh, 
video here. This is the celebration after Osterley puts in the OT winner. Pass yeah. uh, coming off the faceoff from Larkin goes in. What am I doing? We, we're going to watch the free, freaking replay. I, I don't need to talk about that. Uh, all I got to do is focus on sharing this damn screen <sighs> like an adult. There we go. That's still not up. There it is. All right. God, podcast listeners, you guys are saved from this insanity. All right. So we're talking about Osterley's goal. So, I, I, Mike, I, I thought we'd, we'd get the view of uh, all the Red Wings uh, here in a second. We're, we're going to show the replay. Uh, you guys give us uh, what you thought out of 10. Be honest here because we're going to see a lot of uh, generous scores, I think, from the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, Larkin wins the faceoff. Here's Osterley with the shot. We got to mute it, of course, uh, until we uh, we get to the answers. Um, so let's uh, let's hear what these boys had to say. And Mike, as always, stop me if you can't hear any of this. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> this amazing, Charlie. Fabric. Give him a ten. They missed a Fair enough. <laughs> 10. Smith? It's a... Daddy? Four. <laughs> just no originality. Let's <laughs> uh, Top three ever. Top three oh, ever. Old cider. 10 out of 10. Wow. Stetcher? 10. Six. Zero. Osterly gets it a zero. <laughs> Best study ever. Ronick? Honestly, or... Like, honestly? Here's Nadelkovich. Ah... Uh, I think officially that has to go down as a six from Ned because he, he wanted to say six and then he remembered that he has, he has Osterley to deal with. Him. So to be clear, we're grading uh, whatever that celebratory uh, gesture was after the goal. Is that right? Yeah. I uh, So we'll, we'll play it again here for the folks watching on YouTube. Just the... Down to a knee, skating to center ice, kind of a point. I, I don't know what it was at. I, I actually tweeted out boop, boop, boop in regards to uh, him booping the air. I got to go with Gagne on this. I mean, we've seen it before, right? Like, it's fun. Gagne, of course, gave it a four. Um, I, I, I agree with Gagne. Like, no originality. Um, now, Ned's score where he was going to say six, he switched it to eight. I'm going to go with a 6 out of 10. I, 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 it's a great moment, right? O Osterley redeemed himself after uh, pretty much forcing us to go into overtime. I don't. Could, could have been a, maybe Ned's angry because uh, his that, that was basically a shutout bid that was ruined by an Osterley turnover. <laughs> um, I uh, I don't mind the, the cell phone bit, right? We've seen it with uh, Chad Johnson on the Bengals. Um, I think my only beef with Osterley is he didn't take it quite far enough. Um, he should have had like a smartphone out. He should have skated up to the net and taken a selfie with the with the puck in there. Like, hey, game winner, baby! You know, <laughs> threw it up on TikTok, something like that. I don't think he went far enough. He shouldn't have mimed cell phone. I think he should have slid one out of his glove um, and actually made a video for us. I would have gone. I mean, this is Osterley who grew up in Dearborn Heights, right? And after the game, he kept talking about, like, this has been a dream come true. Just every game I'm actually in the lineup is, like, He's magic. been saving that dance? Yeah, that's what he – he only focused on the dance uh, or the uh, the celly, as uh, the kids like to say. Who says this? The kids. 
The kids say Selly. They say Chell. As an NHL 22, they say Selly. Um, no. Nobody says that. Nobody no says matter Selly. no matter the number of gentlemen you're referring to, you always say boys. Boys, how you doing? What's going on, boys? These are all lessons I've learned. Is that a Babcock voice? What is that? That's my Canadian. So I guess okay. kind of. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, if it was so Babcock, I... it'd be deeper. Also, I'd, it'd be mentally damaging. All right, this is blowing my mind right now. I thought a celly we meant because he was pulling out his cell phone and doing a celly, like making a call. So you're saying the celebration is the, is what I'm learning? Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't a was it a celly celly? All right, so that's what I assume. Was it a silly? Was, was it a silly celly celly? You thought that he was pulling out his phone and dialing with his booping. Yeah, I thought he was ordering a hot and ready. Yeah, that's... which doesn't make sense because they're always hot and ready. Don't you call? <laughs> well, we've got one score. Chewy gives it a five, uh, a half uh, for creativity and originality. Five for effort. I'm sorry. Five for effort and a point five for creativity and originality. Um, <laughs> Performance Art says uh, it's like he got caught between the arrow slinger and the sharpshooter celebration. Um, and then Chris C gives us just an oh my god. <laughs> it looked like he was trying to like. Uh, um... Get into the driver's side of a Tesla because I, I, he's like kind of. I can see that. I I, I was gonna say uh, before we got I got sidetracked, but I because he was the the Dearborn Heights. You know, he's talking about this is his uh, dream come true to play for this team. Um, I feel like he should like if that was me. So that's what I'm asking, right? Like this would be me. We're from Dearborn. Uh, I just scored for the Detroit Red Wings in overtime, and I'm redeeming the fact that I gave up a turnover. I, and I can't recall ever seeing this, but Mike, how about he's right? He's sliding into center ice. How about laying down in the middle of the Red Wings logo and just looking up and absorbing the fans? Like, that would have been a 10 out of 10, right? Like, that's, I'm trying to figure out, like, if I am in Osterley's shoes. Clearly, I didn't spend my whole life trying to learn how to play hockey and, all that jazz, but uh, there's 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 some there's some did way you I up, can attach my brain. Were you hoping that, that I would uh, really Martin Short that comment? Did, was did I you Martin want me to Short? Martin Short that comment? <laughs> How do I do yeah, that? Clearly, I haven't uh, you know uh, worked my whole life to be an NHL player. <laughs> oh yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, I would have loved if you threw just that instantly. In there. Yeah, it's. <laughs> Nothing like a little Matt Heckle. Yeah. You never need to ask permission to be Martin Short. Just just go for it. Um, <laughs> um, I will Honestly, give... if you didn't set it up that way and you threw in just no kidding, I'd probably still be laughing right now. I, uh, I'm, I'm almost I'm gonna, disappointed in you at this point. I'm going to give a higher score to the Selly uh, than the made-up word Selly. How about that? I'm going to give Osterly uh, a... Does that mean you were getting a number? I'm going to give him a nine. <laughs> For the Woo! nine digits, he's booping on the phone, and I think it was um, officially five. Well, it's like a nine, you know, nine grid. I guess it's okay. twelve. I'll yeah. give you that. Uh, I'll let you explain your way through it. <laughs> or an eight, like a, you know, you got to do like the one, then the area code, and then you put, you know, you get it. Yeah. All right, let's move on. All right. <laughs> well, the other thing uh, we wanted to talk about. Um, Actually, let me pull this. I, I, I got to keep reminding myself. 
who actually said this, but it's Stu Grimson um, throughout their bike. I, I just have a, a still because if we share <laughs> the actual show from NHL tonight, uh, that will most certainly get pulled. That will get uh, called out. So we're not going to try it. But what Stu said, Mike, um, he's been watching Mo Sider. By the way, he called out a, a power play goal. Uh, that we talked about earlier this year, and we gave the same exact analysis. So I'd just like to say we could take uh, Stu's job, no problem, lickety split. Uh, he gave, he regurgitated our exact analysis. I even went back and found the episode where we did it, and it is exactly the same. So uh, we've got that going for us. But anyway, Stu, talking about Mo Cider, Mike, he said this. It, it, it's not even a question to him. This is this is already a, a great all-star defenseman in Mo Sider, but Stu also threw out there the Norris Trophy is more Sider's in the future. He knows that it's there's a political game being played with Norris trophies and all these MVP awards and whatnot. But it is pretty nice from the national perspective, or I guess international perspective, since we toss in Canada. Uh Mike, Mo Sider right now be graded. Uh, from the national perspective, as for sure, Norris Trophy in his future. Um, now, we follow like the likes of Corey Pronman, and we talked about him uh, a couple of times so far this season. And we've been teasing Corey Pronman because, uh, you know, he's, he gives us the national perspective. Uh, he's still, I think, angry that he ranked Mo Sider to be outside of the top 20. And of course, he gets picked number six. And now he looks like a super duper star. So one of the main guys we keep getting information from or uh, opinions from is uh, is Corey Promen. So it was nice. I, I have to say, if you guys haven't seen it yet, the Detroit Red Wings shared it. Um, but it, it's it's one of those warm and fuzzy feelings, right? Like this is, I think, one of the first major um, endorsements for Moritz Cider that's like outside of the Detroit area. It's not fans. Stu's got a regular show on NHL tonight, and he dedicated an entire segment to talking about how Moritz Sider is the future defenseman to carry this league. Mike, happy fuzzy feelings? We like that? And of you course, know, performance art has something negative to say. He, <laughs> <laughs> Stu looks like an aging Dracula. <laughs> All right. You yeah, know, performance art. That performance art, I'm going to push back on that. Because Dracula was like the head of the vampires. This looks like the first five minutes of a Buffy episode, one of the grunt <laughs> vampires that, you know, Xander kills with a wooden stake. It's not even one that Buffy kills. It looks like one of the ones Xander kills. If that reference is, is too old, I'm sorry. Um, no, we'll go it, up so, in the it, it, everybody right. knows what you're talking about. All right. Hopefully um, they still know Xander. But, um, I, you know, I've never sat around pining for the approval of Stu Grimson, but... I get where you're going with this, that, you know, in Michigan, particularly Detroit area, Red Wing fans, we all are obviously in love with Mo Sider, buying the sky dreams for this guy. Uh, we're ready to give him the Norris this year, even though he's not quite ready. Um, so it's kind of cool that, you know, it is starting to uh, kind of worm its way into the, the national perspective. Um, maybe, uh, maybe it's something that, you know, if you're reading like the athletic, I think they already have kind of a realization about how good he is. Um, but I think the TV broadcast kind of tells a little, a little bit, you know, wider range than a niche, uh, pay to read <laughs> more, more, more hockey than not hockey, uh, newspaper. 
um, collection. So yeah, that is, I think it is kind of cool that it's, you know, starting to make its way nationally. Um, I think there's some fellows in Colorado who would uh, push back on immediately giving away the Norris, but uh, Sam also dropping in looking like a real estate or hedge fund manager. Yeah, uh, I agree. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've seen him on a few billboards um, around the Detroit area. Um, you know, you know maybe what it not- is? It's it's the gray it's the gray streaks right on the side. I've got those coming in. I'm actually kind of thrilled. I, I think I'm going to be able to pull it off just as well as Stu does here. Uh, but I, I, I like it. Uh, it's uh, adds a lot of character, I think. And Stu already has a bunch of characters. So this is, uh, just think about how he's just oozing personality at this point. So I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm fine with it. I'm, I'm glad he looks like a real estate or a head trade man. Matt, are you ready to be a real estate uh, manager? I already got your, I got your billboard ready. Yeah. Call 1-800-WELCOME-MATT. <laughs> Just let you walk all over me. I'll give you whatever you want. Oh, I meant because you're going to get a welcome mat for your house. You know, for your new house. Yeah, but, you know, if you call someone a welcome <laughs> mat, that's like, you know, yeah, that's, okay. that's inferring something. <laughs> well, my mistake. Any whoozles. Sorry, man. <laughs> Uh, all good feelings, all good vibes. Mike, we do have breaking news. Uh, Pierre Lebrun reporting that Pat Verbeek uh, has been named the next GM of the Anaheim Ducks. Oh. Uh, announcement possibly as early as Thursday. Uh, of course, Pat, Pat Verbeek, our assistant GM right now, working uh, right underneath Steve Eiserman. Mike, is um, it uh, quinky day? More breaking that, news. Uh, Nicholas I got more news. Yeah, go for it. Uh, Nadalkovich just uh, made a miracle save to keep this one enough. Oh my God! I, I didn't even realize I was reading that tweet and missed that the second period started. Um, quick, <laughs> yeah, for uh, Beak, uh, that, yeah, that's news. You know, another former wing, and uh, okay, good for him. I mean, it, it is major news. I mean, that that for for <laughs> us, I mean, this is a guy that's been learning under Steve, and clearly uh, they're making waves, and the rest of the NHL is noticing what Steve is building here, and that's. That's got to mean a lot for how Pat gets this job. I, I think um, good for Pat. I know it doesn't change a lot for, for us right now, but that does mean that there's a spot open. And that's where uh, what I was going to ask you um, before Ned made his beautiful save that I still haven't seen. Uh, woo! Namistikov out of oh, up front almost put one in. Uh, it does mean, you know, or it could mean more to the, the Lidstrom signing. Well, could mean that uh, his title's already changing. I don't know if uh, I, I'm hoping that you know Verbeek is is kind of stingy um, with uh, his cap space, and you know maybe he'll let uh, Lindholm uh, walk away from the Ducks. That would be a that would be a nice favor. Uh, yeah, performance starts right there. He's yeah, yeah. There we go. Because uh, you know maybe you know Steve's getting all these guys out there. He he trains these guys, and then they're you know, the uh, Trojan horse. They go work for these other teams and then make some nice uh, back alley deals uh, for your Red Wings. Uh, we got to jump into the comments here, too. Uh, yeah. Griffin thrown out there. Let's not ignore the fact that because Adina fell over and touched the puck, <laughs> it's now a three-game point streak for Phillips Adina right now. I call um, that a uh, Holmstrom special. 
no, and I, I just, I actually, my, I mean, my tweet was crash the net and good things happen. That's exactly what Sedina did. And he made space so that Rask could put it in. That's, that's the whole idea. That's why he did it. It's clearly not why we drafted him. We didn't draft him to come in and crash the net, but he's, he's a smart hockey player. And that's exactly what needed to happen on that play. So I, I just, I'm teasing Sedina. We're glad for him. His trade value is way up now. So glad for yeah. pointing that out. <laughs> trade value through the roof. Um, oh my god! Oh, I almost got number two. I, I uh, love these hybrid recordings where not only the, the, listen, are, uh, listen. There's high score. There's high danger scoring chances, right? There's just regular scoring opportunities. But Rasmussen was in position to get number two. No, ah! no. Okay. Oh, did you see Zadina almost uh, backhand one in as uh, he was falling I, over? Yeah, I saw him fall over again. Yeah. So <clears throat> this is this is kind of a fun way to sum this up. Not only. Uh, <laughs> Are we trying to record an episode with actual topics? We're trying to watch this game. We're also at different points of the game because uh, I'm watching Xfinity recorded. I watch it recorded because uh, if I if I want to steal a replay and throw it up on Twitter, uh, you know, I can't go back in time on the live episode. So I, I got to do the recorded one. And sure. I think it puts me behind Mike. Especially with us talking I, about, yeah, I have, the, the uh, thing I have the Xfinity stream, which is behind the regular Xfinity broadcast. Uh, so usually, it. usually I, our dad will tell us a goal went in, then I'll celebrate it, and then Matt will make a video of it a half hour later. And all right, we'll count down to three, two, one, and we'll say how much time is left in the power play, and then we'll know how far apart we are. All right, so all right. I'm going to say three, two, one, and then you just shout out, you know, a minute and whatever. Okay. All right. Three, two, one. Minute thirty-six. It's two nothing. What? Oh man. <laughs> okay, we got to play again because we didn't really score. <laughs> oh, that. <laughs> if it did happen, though, that would have been that would have been good podcasting. All right. Um. Well, yeah. Do I Three. even queue it up now? Was it even yeah. fun, listeners? Yeah. Was that fun? No. No. <laughs> Yeah, right. I'm at I'm at a minute right now. All right, minute eight. So that was. Uh... It's not too bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, performance art. He he thought uh, you got me pretty good. I think the sadness on my face. I, I'm gonna have to do that uh, TikTok. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! What uh, the two to nothing? Yeah, I, I wanted to play my little game, and then I thought it was two to nothing, and then it was taken away from me. Um, <laughs> Performance art also dogging uh, Zadina there. Pretty sure Zadina didn't even touch the puck. But hey, I'm happy. Yeah, I'm- we're giving out uh, we're giving out assists like hotcakes over here. If Zadina really gets a point for that, come on. That I, that, be, no, you know what? That might that as well play, be unassisted by Rasmussen. No, that is that is the most that is asinine and ridiculous. That play does not happen without Zadina. You guys and I was teasing Zadina before, but you. You, you know take what? That back. If, if that boosts his J Fresh hockey card, I'm out. <laughs> I'm not listening to that bullshit ever again because he didn't do anything on that play. Mike, are you trying to transition into our real topic of the show? Hey, no. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'll just take credit for it. Aww. So they're showing the lineup of uh, execs for the Red Wings, and Pat Verbeek is clearly sitting on the end all by himself, like with a little extra space between him and the rest of the team. As the Pierre Lebrun announcement comes in, there had to be at least a one foot extra buffer between the boys up there. 
Um, it is pretty cute, though, that Lidstrom and Iserman now sit next to each other every game. Uh, as if, you know, like I... So I got my new job back in November, right? And and I have people that uh, every day, you know, like I'm doing some sort of shadowing or learning something new about a new area of the business. But like, you know, what's Steve telling Nick right now? Like, yeah, this is a power play coming up. Um, so we'll have an extra skater on the ice. Uh, you'll notice we won't score. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like... Uh, like, that's what it looks like. Like, he's shadowing to learn a little bit more. But game time, you know, like maybe in the middle of the day, if there's, you know, this is, uh, I use cap friendly to see where our salary cap's at. <laughs> I, I don't trust our own boys. Um, so, you know, go to capfriendly.com is how I, I do uh, all my, my big transactions. I, uh, I want to put it to the people. Uh, yeah. What is Iserman teaching Lidstrom right now? <laughs> That's, I mean, it's a wonderful question. What is he teaching Nicholas motherfucking Lidstrom <laughs> and there goes right now? Our, there goes our clean grade for the episode. Oh, it was worth it. It was, it worth, was worth it. it. There's one bomb. What is he <laughs> teaching him? That's what I'd like to know. Um. Well, we know one of the things that Nick's excited about is uh, Mo Cider. But, uh, the only like, – I have one idea. Yeah. The only idea I have – uh, is that he's maybe teaching Lidstrom? Uh, we're doing we're going in the way back machine for this one, but we just laid um, a Paul Newman, and some of you guys might only know him from selling ranch dressing. We just pulled a Paul Newman sting on Pat Verbeek because um, we're going to get Lindholm. Oh, you think Pat is uh, is being inserted to make sure he he informs the team not to re-up Lindholm? Don't re-sign like him. It. He he stinks. <laughs> that's Pat, all I can think. We've yeah. made so many moves to make sure we can afford him. Nah, he stinks. It's too late. Just <laughs> we're not even interested. We're we're not even going to be in the room for putting an offer. <laughs> Wait, he doesn't even need to say that. He's the GM. It's just not happening. He doesn't need to tell anybody. <laughs> He's just he just needs to tell Hampus. Nah, also, you stink. <laughs> <laughs> first, first meeting with the team. Um, just uh, just gonna be cutting him down. I, I do think Mike, we got a great we got a great question in the chat here. I think you're gonna like this one. So we were talking about Nick. Uh, of course, Pat for Beak uh, is playing time with the Wing Dingies. Uh, Steve leading the way. We know Drapes is up there too. Yeah. Chris C wants to know. <clears throat> Mike, would would our boy, would friend of the show, uh Darren McCarty ever have an opportunity to rejoin the organization? Mike, uh do you want to give your hot take on that one? Do you know if there's a Zamboni opening, Zamboni driver opening that Darren could fill in for? Man, I wouldn't hire him to sell hot and reddies. <laughs> He's the most aloof, confrontational a hole we've ever had on this show as a guest. No, I would not give him any kind of responsibility. No, he's—I mean, he is in almost everything he does too. I don't know if you've watched him on Woodward Sports Network or um, uh, speaking in between periods with Art. I have Regner. never felt Every... pity for Art Regner until I saw him and McCarty sitting across from each other on the same side of an argument. 
And McCarty was still in his face. Uh-huh. And, oh, no. Kopitar just ran uh, Nadelkovich. Uh, Uh-oh. Came in hot. Great save by Nadelkovich. Stood his ground. Um, yeah. But he's up slow. I don't know. Now he's looking around. Maybe trying to get a call. Uh, That's pretty smart. I went, to, I, I went to break already. Oh, okay. I already but, got yeah, JB Smooth. Uh, that that, that looks fine. I, I take that back. Anyway. But, Matt, let me ask you. Yeah. Um, you've already you've seen McCarty in other interviews, so it's not yeah. just our show that it was um, a train wreck or Art Regner where it was a train wreck. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that. you're at okay. Yeah, I thought you were going to say so. You've seen him in these other shows, and I thought there was another question coming. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, on the Woodward Sports Network, and he has his own show. I think that's that's his that's his element, Mike. Like, um, you know, that's basically sports talk radio. Uh, tries to be at least so that's that's a good spot for darren mccarty um i think he'd, he'd probably agree too I, I don't know what his specialty would be and besides like just getting in an argument with everybody else you know I, I, as you put it uh so i, I uh, think that Iserman is I, a little smarter than that i like that's why he brings in you know smart guys like lidstrom where we all kind of have a consensus yeah makes sense isn't Draper, a, there's a big difference, Draper, right? You know what? We give him, you know, in our house, we used to tease him because he, you know, didn't score a lot of goals, but he's still a smart guy. You bring him in, you know, for being smart guy, and they're already starting to pillage Iserman's handpicked smart guys. So, yeah, and performance art, God bless you. I I love you. Um, dropping the comment, loved him as a player. So did we. Can't stand him as a TV personality. Exactly. The moment we've been waiting for since September is finally here. In honor of the big game, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56, is giving new customers 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in New York, meaning you can bet from almost a third of the country. If Sportsbook isn't in your state yet, play DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest for Super Bowl 56. New customers can get free shot at $1 million top prize with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use promo code THPN, and get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. 21 and over, minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for a full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Tennessee or text in Tennessee Redline 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.com. Org slash chat in New York. Call 8778-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y 467-369. All right, Logan's on the other side, Mike. No, Logan, no! Don't do it, Logan. No, Logan. Bad, Logan. Bad. (laughs) Um... We're going to send you the clip of that episode uh, because it was horrible. Guys, I I don't know if Chris is is a long-time listener and a big fan. Um, 
or yeah, a McCarty burner account. We didn't have fun on uh, having Darren on the show. So uh, nope. we'll put we'll <laughs> it like that. Uh, Chewy throwed it in there, Mike. You know, we, we used to tease him when we were younger. I think a lot of that was led uh, because we didn't know better because Drapes actually does score out. It's like one of the best. <laughs> like three C's of all time. But uh, Chewy throw it in there. Uh, don't forget, best $1 the wings ever spent. Now, my hungry fat ass read this <laughs> message from Chewy. And all I saw was $1 wings. And I... Just I, it took me a minute, Chewy, to even bring this up because I was trying to figure out where I get those. Um, so I, I'm, I'm doing bad, Mike. Uh, ever since uh, I think I've gained, what am I at now? How many buckets of wings pounds, have you gained? Forty-five buckets 45, of wings. I've gained forty-five pounds of only wings. So there's other food in my fat ass right now. I've gained forty-five pounds since uh, my my second child came along. So this is. Uh, well, I do, I do want to hit our next uh, topic. And yes, I've put on some COVID pounds too. But uh, somebody sent me a thing that was like, name a thing that's been normalized that shouldn't be. And it was that uh, when we go out for chicken wings, it's usually only half the wing. I think that was an Instagram post. I think so too. Yeah, but I didn't really think you know, if you get like an actual chicken wing, there's like a you know a wing that a bird has. So you can see where it used to flap and connect it to the torso, and we just get half of that now. <laughs> it's it's a crooked game. Uh, all right, so our other show topics for everybody. I want you guys to throw in the chat who you're thinking. Maybe we could just take a quick poll. Uh, if you guys are listening to the podcast, of course you can't be a part of it, but uh, please, uh, if you're listening to the uh, uh, the YouTube broadcast later on, give us your thoughts. Uh, but what we wanted to do, Mike, was just pick our MVPs of the first half of the season. And, uh, you know, I, I had it all set up to like cleanly transition uh, from our last show topic into Mo Cider. Uh, but we got fresh, J Fresh player cards today, Mike. Uh, so we've got Mo Cider. We've got Tuzi lined up. We've got uh, Larkin lined up, Nadelkovich. So I, I basically handpicked who we're going to go through. Uh, you've got a multiple choice uh, test coming up. And uh, Before we pick one of those four guys, yeah. I'm also going to ask the people, is there anybody else who you would even, you know, consider to be in that, that the, the top four, like the Mount Rushmore of the 2022 Red Wings? I, I don't think there is. I, I tried to bring up some other um, some other folks like on, on Jay Fresh's that. player cards. There's there's a reason, Mike, and we'll go over that later. Why Lucas Raymond isn't being considered? Um, he's pretty he's pretty far down when it comes to having an even playing, or I'm, I'm sorry, a, a nice even two way game. So Lucas didn't make the cut, but I think the four guys we're going to talk about um, they they are really tearing and clawing like the surface of these graphs and it's really just if you want to talk about off the charts sort of performances this year um you know of course it's going to be really hard to ever compete with like the likes of dry and connor mcdavid but we're actually going to show you the <laughs> the, the the fact that bertuzzi and larkin are actually challenging that so um yeah let's uh We'll talk about it. Let's let's work let's work through this, right? Uh, do you want to just run through these cards real quick, Mike, or do you want to give some time to each player before we move on? 
would say we run through the cards, then we can kind of come back. All right. So Mo Sider, rookie, right? I mean, a 94% projected war. That means there's only another 6% of the league that, uh, as defensemen go, would be rated higher. Um, it's incredible. I mean, there, there's we already just talked about uh, how happy we are that nationally Mo's getting the recognition, so I don't think it's any secret how we feel about Mo. Um, you know, I, I think the more time that goes on, uh, we're just going to be begging for more recognition. We're just going to want to see those Norris trophies come rolling in, and that's, I mean, that's the long and short of it. We know this, this cat is amazing. He, he carries the puck through center ice like no defenseman um i've seen since uh since we were rolling through and bringing in cups every four years six years whatever i don't know whatever the, the number would be there of course uh talking about lidstrom there so it's just one of those things where and, and it, you could talk about carrying the puck through the zone or passing it but this is just something that we've been lacking and he does it so well and smoothly and gets so many different plays set up and you're trying to figure out like what has been going on with this team, you know, to get, to get the likes of Larkin in position where he's at. Does that even happen if Mo Sider isn't carrying the puck in the zone as often as he is and not even carrying the puck, but just tra helping transition the puck out of the defensive zone and getting the puck into the offensive zone. That was a struggle. And now we can do it. And now Dylan Larkin's putting pucks in the back of the net, you know? Yeah. So long and short of it, Oh, wait, you said to run through these cards. I did the opposite. <laughs> well, I mean, right, we're, already, we're already here. We're already here, all right? right? Um, Cider, I, you know, you can you can look at all the regular, we'll call them um, coloring book analytics, which is my speed. You can look at the deep cut analytics, more Matt's speed. You can use the eyeball test. That's pretty much everybody's speed. If you just turn on a game and say, wow, who's that big guy who's making all the smart, heady plays? Uh, for an entire third of the game, because he's already playing 20 minutes a game. Um, right. It's not one of those situations where a team is so bad that they just throw uh, caution to the wind and let their youngest players just, you know, get out there, kid, and get some experience, you know, get some growing pains. Um, he's a guy who's out there. He's earned it because he's he's that dependable. Um and it's, it's kind of scary, but, you know, this 20-year-old kids already are, are easily our best defenseman by, by miles. Um, and you, you kind of shudder to think where the Red Wings record, win-loss record would be without him. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a difference where, you know, it's a, a team that was historically bad and then pretty bad. And now, even with a, a pretty barren roster... Um, basically the addition of two human beings, um, Lucas Raymond to a lesser extent, but mostly Mo Sider, you know, you can win half your games. And this is, again, this is, you could almost, almost get rid of, you know, five of the other top six defensemen on this team. Um, like they're that, you know, kind of interchangeable, unless you want to make an argument for Hironic, um, the suddenly white hot Osterly. Um, or, you know, Lind Lindstrom um, on the penalty kill. You know, I'll, I'll listen to those arguments. But for this guy to come in and be this good, Matt, I think you really got to think about how good 94% war is. Um, so out of about 30 teams, they have each have their top six. That means there's maybe 11 or 12 defensemen better than him. 
maybe in the whole league. So out of, you know, 30-ish teams, he'd be their best defenseman. And then there's 11 teams where they have mega ultimate stars, and he's just, you know, clipping, you know, chomping at their heels. Well, two, we've been... Here's a cider on, on Zegris. Oh, that warms my heart. Isn't that such a great highlight? So Zagris coming in for everybody uh, on the podcast. Mo pushes him to the outside, and Z's going to make a move to cut back inside around Cider. But watch Cider here on the back, the back end. Boom. Just out of the way. Just gone. So, it's. I mean, that, Mike, that is such a beautiful thing to watch because you're watching two guys, uh, you know, that are going to be affecting this league for many years to come. Um, and to just see this great play of uh, Zegris, you know, probably running into... Anybody else on this Red Wings defense, uh, he gets around, it'll, he'll get an opportunity to make a play on Ned. But comes to Cider, I mean, the awareness of where to put your stick, the awareness of what, what would Zegras be doing right now? You know what I mean? Like, he made that play to go back inside, but Mo already knows exactly where the puck is, and he makes that perfect play to get it away from Zegras and uh, cut, the cut the play back out, out of the zone. Um it's uh, Chewy's throwing it out there. Moving puck out of the zone has been the greatest highlight of Mo. Um, what was that it? Oh, yeah. Sam threw out there uh, that goals per 60, though. Uh, the 0% for Cider. But just keep in mind, you know, like, it still ranks at the top of the league, like Mo's complete game, because defensemen aren't really putting pucks in the back of the net. So uh, I I'll let that one go. Um, all right, Mike. Next on my list. Course, Dylan Larkin. So, what I need y'all to do watching on YouTube, Mike, <clears throat> do you see the war percentile rank table on the right side, top right corner? Uh, yes, so I that, do. that little dot trying to show where Dylan Larkin ranks and wins above replacement percentage is almost through the graph. Dylan Larkin is beyond the 99%. Um, yes. Dylan Larkin is having a hell of a year. It's uh, something where, you know, the, the word leadership get, keeps getting thrown in there because of when he's producing. But it's also just this nonstop motor. And, of course, uh, they highlighted, at, at, I think, at the beginning of the game um, for, for Dylan just how well he's doing and producing, uh, you know, to have a career year. I think he's on pace for 40 goals and uh, 81 points, which, uh, of course, he won't finish the season with 82 games, so he'll be over that point per game. Uh, total. Uh, looks like the Kings are about to tie it. Thanks, Max Boltman, for telling me before it even goes in the net. There it is. So, <clears throat> all those things wrapped in for for Dylan. Uh, I mean, you're again, you're you're bringing in that idea of leadership. You're bringing in the timeliness of his goals. You're bringing in just sheer production. Um, all that wrapped together. I mean, let, let's talk about when Lucas Raymond got that goal couple weeks ago and slammed uh, head first into the boards. And we were talking about the replay, not Lucas scoring, but afterwards Dylan Larkin coming up, picking up Lucas and saying, you all right. And Lucas going, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. And Larkin multiple times is stopping the celebration and asking Lucas, you all right. Yeah, I'm fine. No, are you all right? And then it's, it's finally like, <laughs> let's not worry about the stupid goal. You know, you're a kid. You just slammed head first into the boards. Let's figure that out. It's fine. <laughs> um, that that right there, I think, is is what um, you know. We we talked about 
you know, almost, uh, God, how, what would you call that? I mean, jokingly, we were like, well, who's going to be the Matthew Stafford of the Detroit Red Wings? Um, and uh, I, I threw out there that, you know, you'd have to have Dylan Larkin leave and there'd have to be some, you know, fan uh, frustration that would have to be pent up or build up over time here. But I, I just, just stuff like that. I just ne- I can't really see that ever happening. That like Dylan leaving would be the equivalent to Justin Verlander uh, going to the Astros and winning a title. Like that that's more along the line because nobody hated Justin. Justin was our MVP and our Cy Young winner. So I, I don't mean to turn this conversation to getting rid of Dylan Larkin. I'm just saying we love him and he plays so well. Like that mm-hmm. would be the heartbreaking end to it. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know where else. What if I took all the points away? No, I would but, just say uh, that uh, that eighty-six, you know, it's, it is projected WAR based on you know three in past, three seasons past historical data. So I, I think that eighty-six is just being conservative because of that you know twenty twenty-one season when he was injured, um, yeah. not at a hundred percent. Yeah, I'm not going to do it, man. I'm it. not going to mention Darren McCarty. Damn it! Um, <laughs> He's healthy. He's healthy. Um, I, you know, I don't know if that means that Larkin's necessarily that, you know, almost 100% that we're seeing this year. Um, but I think it's safe to say that, you know, he's probably better than an 86, uh, you know, healthy Larkin with capable line mates. My God, this is, this is what you look for in a top line center. Um, we've seen the emotional, uh, push that this guy brings to the rest of the, the team. Um, if he's not out there, it's it's more than losing your best player, your fastest player, one of your better goal scorers. Um, he's he's got a real um, uh, like voice, uh, you know, in the locker room. Definitely feels like because if, if he's not out there, there's a there's a def, definite uh, void where he used to be, and it feels like the whole team's play kind of comes down. Um, so yeah, he's he's just he's such an integral part. Um, so I think a pretty easy case um, potentially for him to be our MVP. And a uh, quick shout out, uh, or I just want to address this, not a shout out. Uh, I'll share it in the chat after the episode uh, performance art when we uh, interviewed McCarty. And had it's weird because we want to promote it because just to see how bad it is, but we, we also don't want it to get out because it was awful. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're going to also share the Kent Cal episodes. So you can feel better about, you know, everything that transpired. Yeah, actually, we have a whole series that um, I don't know if that ever did get shared how it was supposed to, but uh, we actually have a series we'll share at some point, uh, maybe when uh, we go on vacation or something this summer, of uh, Ken Cal and I going over uh, the dynasty in the 90s and the 2000s. Ken was so nice to give me about three or four hours of his time. Uh, it, it was an incredible conversation. We'll, we'll tease that out. We were supposed to put that out, I think, uh earlier this year, but then we actually ended up putting out real episodes. So you guys, um, you know, maybe we'll bring Ken in again and we can do a, a couple part series and start talking about, uh, you know, the Iser plan. Um, but Mike, uh, you were talking about the void that's left when Dylan Larkin's gone, but uh, there's one guy that performed well while Dylan was gone. And if you take a look, Mike, at the 2021-22 war percentile rank from Jay Fresh, we have another one of our good boys breaking the graph. His dot doesn't even fit. Breaking through the 100%. So, of course, that puts uh, Tyler, you know, up somewhere in the 99 percentile for this season. Of course, um, you know, we're not we're not going to sniff McDavid and Dreisaitl. I don't know why I keep saying that. We all know that. 
But uh, Tuzi having a hell of a season. Mike, I, I mean, it's one of those things where you talk about a guy who is making me look dumb because he keeps putting in pucks with some pretty s- slick looking deeks. Um, I had to be careful with that. I almost said sleek looking, uh, but slick looking deeks. And, um, you know, if it's not that, then he's crashing the net himself. And, uh, you know, he's got that lettuce in the back too. That's pretty fun. And he just looks like, uh, you know, an old time hockey player out there. And that's, that's sort of, um, I, I would say he's, he's a combination of, of old time and modern hockey. That's really, made him like the perfect element on this team to bounce between two different lines and find success where you look at Dylan Larkin, I I would say, you know, he's not necessarily bouncing between lines, but his line mates have changed. So that's, it's clearly, you know, they've both been successful doing the same thing, but arguably Tuzi had the tougher task of the two of trying to get Pew Suter and Robbie Fabry back into a relevant conversation. And now we look at this team and, I, I think we were all in agreement that when that move was made uh, by Mike, our friend, Mr. Jeff Blaschel, uh, he pretty much increased the chances of us you know, being able to score, uh, you know, I guess from a minutes per game basis, because now we have two legitimate scoring threats in that first and second line. Um, and you got to give a lot of the credit to Tuzi. So with that, I, I I think the you know the leadership nod goes to Dylan for timely you know the timing on his production, but Pertuzzi has just been producing all season. We've teased him that you know at some point it was going to stop, and there's been lulls, but not real lulls. Like and it just kicks up again, and he has a four point game. Uh, but then you you know then you also talk about the fact that he's been playing um, with tougher line mates to play with, and um, you know, we, we could we could draw up right now on Jay Fresh. Robbie Fabry is one of the lowest rated forwards in regards to defensive performance, uh, even strength defense. So that's something when Bertuzzi's out there playing with Fabry, it has to be taken into account. So all those things wrapped together, Tuzzi's still producing. So MVP candidate, absolutely. Matt, um, we talked about in the past couple seasons, this team is so bad at scoring uh they've they've been uh, at the very bottom whether it's even strength or you know even with the man advantage one of the worst power plays one of the worst even strength scoring teams there is um and a big reason for that i think at least contributing uh bertuzzi being you know not 100 playing uh the majority of the games um so obviously mo cider does a great job getting the play out of our end getting it to a point where we can start scoring goals Larkin, incredible leadership, um, incredible, you know, engine, like you said. But I feel like the Red Wings, they have exactly one player who offensively can take the entire team on his back and make it look like we have a formidable offense for at least his shifts, and that's Tyler Bertuzzi. Um, we don't have any other players like that. It, it's kind of scary if you look at the pipeline. I don't think we have any other prospects that are – you know, at that Bertuzzi level to, you know, kind of have every facet of scoring that I, that I think he would want. Um, and he's playing with such a high level of confidence. He, you know, he looks, he, and this isn't a knock against him. He just looks better than he probably actually is. It's just, this is a season where everything's going right for him. Um, and it's, yeah, it's potentially reason because we have so much trouble scoring. Knowing that he's on the ice, it feels like there's a chance. 
And uh, I was listening to uh, Max Boltman did uh, a little live feed earlier today. We got the first uh, request for a Bertuzzi trade because his contract's going to be a little bit of trouble. So um, not not something that I agree with. Um, I think at some point you got to keep some of these guys. But the fact that that conversation started is uh, is a whole nother thing. Um, Mike, we have one more candidate. He's having a hell of a game so far. 31 shots on net, one goal allowed. Mike, it's the Delkovich. Um, now we've cheated a little bit here because you can look at that same war per 60 percentile rank for Nadelkovic had a fantastic season last year with Carolina. He's taken quite a dip according to Jay Fresh's numbers this year, but we know this is, this is an eyeball test thing for us. Um, maybe the expected, uh, or the, the goals saved above expected aren't as great as it was last year. Um, but I mean, Mike, this is a guy that's that's got multiple save of the year candidates like across the NHL. We have games like this where this would just be so out of hand if Nadelkovich wasn't in net. It's 32 shots on net uh, to our 13, and it's still a 1-1 game because of Nadelkovich. So you, you want to talk about the narrative. You want to talk about the statistics. He's got them both. Um, he's, you know, he's, it's one of those things where probably due to the fact that he's an older Calder candidate. He's not going to win that, but you want to talk about an MVP in the first half of the Red Wing season. You'd be ridiculous not to throw out Nadelkovich as a candidate. Mike? Yeah, I mean... Oh, buggers. Two to one. Well, no. I take it these, back. Uh, He's off. Nope. He let that one in. He squeaked in past him. He's off the board. You can't pick Nadelkovich. <laughs> I'm just kidding. The, uh, the goal scoring, the leadership, the defense... Um, you know, they all kind of become moot points if you don't have a guy, especially on this team with no depth, um, who can, you know, get between the pipes and get ready to uh, be peppered with shots. Um, you know, uh, almost like a... like a, God, he almost saved that. Good. Like a bird shot from a shotgun. He's just constant. This is another good example um, where we're getting wildly outperformed by the Kings. Um, and the only reason we're still kind of in this game is Nadelkovich. Um We've seen the Red Wings deep cut analytics. We're definitely, you know, you see us ranked 26th out of the 30, um, you know, 28th, 29th. But somehow, Matt, in the face of, you know, modern hockey analysis, the Red Wings were still a 500 team, still a competitive team. And if you play them in Detroit, my God, you, you will probably lose. That's the truth. And Matt... You know, we, we know that this team does not have a lot of good players, but we do have one especially good player. And Matt, it's one of the swindles of Iserman's career. It's getting Nadelkovich. So, Matt, if you were going to ask who my MVP is, I'm giving it to Ned because I, I just, the Ooh. other Larkin, incredibly important. I was at a game, I was at the first game. You were with me when he got. Um, kicked out uh, for, uh, I think he did a, a, was it a back arm punch or he punched somebody in the back of the head and got ejected. Yeah. yeah uh, the whole team, the whole team deflated and we lost. Um, so you're, but, you're mad at Larkin for doing that, man. You know, Mike, you got to let go of some of that stuff. I can't believe that you're ragging on Larkin for throwing a punch. You're saying it's all Larkin's fault. We lost. And that's why you're picking a duck. Unbelievable. All right. My turn. <laughs> it's uh, the first line of defense. Um, and he's uh, our only line of defense if uh, Cider's not out there, seemingly. It feels <laughs> That's like. actually a great point. So, uh, 
It's uh, twenty for twenty minutes of every game. There's a legitimate NHL defenseman. For the rest of it, it's just Nedeljkovic by himself. So Matt, give Ned the MVP. I'm glad you picked Ned, Mike. I like stealing your thunder, but go ahead. Because I'm going, I'm going with Dylan. I, I, I got to come back to the fact that his job this year, while Bertuzzi's job has been to help the likes of Fabry and Pew Suter produce, uh, Larkin's job has been to take care of our good boys, uh, Lucas Raymond and Mo Sider. And he's been, uh, Chewy put it earlier that it's, it's like a, a brotherly, um, how did he put it? Uh, looking out for little bro. He's the big bro. I say it's Papa Larks hanging out and taking care of uh, baby Ray Ray and baby Mo. Um, Papa Larks is doing a great job. And, uh, you know, it's those games uh, like the the two to one victory where Larks is putting in an amazing goal uh, to give us, or I guess, you know, send us into overtime. And it wasn't necessarily a game tying goal, but it was uh, the one to one goal. And, uh, you know, lining up Osterly for the win. It's, it's those kind of performances. Uh, to me, that set them apart. And then, uh, you know, I've got the analytics here too, Mike. I, I can just point to this little graph again and just say, see, Larkin's 100%, Mike. And then you look at Ned and he's woo all the way down there. So clearly Larkin brings more wins above his replacement players than Adelkovich does. So I, I let Jay Fresh do all by arguing for me. But, you know, narrative-wise, narrative, narrative wise, I think you could say both of these guys have done a lot to bring the wins this year. Uh, but for me, it, it it means so much to see what Larkin's doing as a captain and really coming into his own. So I'm picking Larkin. Uh, performance art. Also going Larks. Um, Sam, he's not worried about Mo. He's incredible all over the ice. Is that because we were teasing you about saying the goal percentage? Anyways. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I'm going to say Sam just picked Mo. That's just so we have a different answer up there. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think the best part about this is that there's actually a conversation this year and these are all young players. Um, plus you've got net at 25, you know, for, for goalies, it takes forever to, um, develop. So it's not the youngest cat in the world, but for goaltender, it's pretty young. You could get a lot of good years out of that. And we've got him inked two years at three mil. And you think about how many wins he's bringing to the game. Uh, 26-year-old Tyler, who's got two years left on 4.8 mil, and a guy like Dom Luschizen says he should be getting paid 10 mil a year, so quite a steal there. Uh, and then Dylan Larkin, 25. Oh, and who am I forgetting? F and Mo, 20. All youngsters. We're, we're doing good. Those are all of our MVPs. It, it feels good. We're not, we're not in that, you know, that zone where we're looking at guys that perform well this year, and they're like 36, and they've got, you know, two years left on their deals and we got to worry about that in the future. This is, this is all gravy, all gravy. Mike, we just wrapped up the second two to one LA. Damn. Who's your MVP? Nadelkovich so far? <laughs> or is it Sedina when he crashed the net? Matt, it should be 31 to one at this point. And luckily Nadelkovich is making it a real hockey game. So Matt still give it to net. All right, we've got a couple of topics left. One, I'm gonna make you I'm gonna make you guys mad for a minute here. Called a race. <laughs> Lucas Raymond, Mike, just to bring up these J Fresh cards. We're not gonna spend a ton of time on this. 
Offensively, Lucas Raymond, the better player. Uh, looking at these, uh, what the performances, what these guys are bringing to the ice and what they're limiting, uh, of course, from like attempts and chances going against them. Seager's yeah. having the better season. Uh, right now, Lucas Raymond, a 59% uh, war percentage, and Zegras is a 61%. Kind of a bummer there. We've been making the argument all season that uh, Lucas Raymond had more points and he was a better two-way player, but uh, not according to the deep cut analytics, Mike, as you like to put it. So um, maybe more fun here. We got one topic left all right. before we bid you all. Mike? Adieu. <laughs> that was a Kenny Omega reference. For oh, 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 oh. Um, yeah. Yes, because uh, he doesn't know how to pronounce adieu. No. Another uh, little ditty here from the Max Boltman live recording on the uh, athletic uh, app there. Um, it's it's actually a pretty cool little uh, thing he does there. He, he kind of just, it's a push notification says Max Boltman is live. And then uh, you can just sit there and chat with Max. Um, but somebody brought up, what are we doing when Jakob Verona comes back? Mike, Max said, easy go-to. You move Nemistikov, Verona gets slotted in there. Number two, you're just going to move Fabry, put Verona at two. Mike, the third option Max came up with, Zadina, nameless center, could be Valeno, could be Rasmussen, could be Kanye. Zadina, center, and Verana on the third line gives the Red Wings three scoring lines based on the fact that Verana could put him in last year with playing with anybody. Uh, I mean, that's a cute idea. Uh, but part of the reason that we acquired the guy is he didn't want to be a third liner anymore. It's like... <laughs> It's like, no, I'm really good at this. You should let me be on the first or second line. And then the Rodman's like, yeah, we'll do it. And he performed. So I don't I don't put anything in. That doesn't make any sense to me. I think what they're trying what Max is trying to get at is, you know, we're gonna spread the wealth a little bit, but you still want to have your good players play most of the game. That's why, you know, both cider plays. 23 minutes um, mm -hmm. and our beloved, you know, Mark Stahl only plays like, you know, 10. Um, you, you don't want to have Verona in a spot where he's mad again. Like he was with the Capitals. <laughs> you want to give him first or second line minutes. So I, I get the idea of spreading the wealth, uh, but I don't think Verona is the uh, sacrificial lamb for that idea. Uh, as soon as he's back, he's first or second line material. You knock everybody down a peg. And then that's when we start really filling out this team because then we'll have these lines set up and then these ones that we'll have like a real top six and a bottom six instead of a uh, top three and a more of a bottom nine. So it'll really start to work out. So I, I respectfully disagree. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think the Red Wings are in a place where the way that this team is built, that we're, we're looking to like, you know what? That that's another thing I wanted to ask you too. Is it did kind of feel like we're we're playing we're still playing this game of like what can we do to hopefully get Zadina scoring more consistently? Where 
again, like, I, all right, so he's got three points now in, in uh, three games right now. But we know over the, the whole season it, it's been a struggle. And it's, I'm not making the argument to get rid of Zadina, but that that is kind of what that felt like to me. It was just kind of forcing more of those situations. Um, but you made the best point. Verona <laughs> wanted a better situation. And that puts him in the same exact situation uh, that he was in uh, in Washington while also not contending for a Stanley Cup. So <laughs> how, how much longer do we get a happy Verona on the ice? Because when we made him our star last year for 13 games, he turned into a star. So I think you got to treat him like a star. You got to give him first line minutes. You got to give him all the minutes in the world. And I bet. You know, maybe there's the the whole check connection there, and if you ask Verana, maybe he has to say Zadina. <laughs> but there's no way he's looking at this team and not licking his chops, thinking of playing with Lucas and Dylan on the first line. I uh, I don't know, Mike. I, you made the best point. I give it to you, but that's that's where I was thinking for different reasons. Uh, but you you knocked it out of the goddamn park with that one. <laughs> Um, performance art throw it out there. He's our purest goal scorer. He absolutely yeah, is. There's and no reason he, to give him third line minutes. It's ridiculous. Whoever he plays with, absolutely. It, he's probably going to be able to put him in the back of the net. Um, but I, I, I do think too, there's, there's this element of like, well, let's, let's let him play with Sedina. We'll see if Sedina can get back on the scoring, you know, get, a, it, uh, get more consistent scoring from Zadina. But, you know, why don't, why do we see what would happen with this first line if it was <laughs> just an absolute beast with with Larkin, Verana, and uh, and Lucas, and and yeah. keep rolling with that second line that has some chemistry of you know these guys playing in the juniors together. I again, I, I don't know if I need to force anything to make sure we have some scoring on the third line, the line that's going to get the third um, most minutes on this team just by definition when uh, we could just keep rolling on the first line and giving them more minutes, giving them more opportunities and then seeing how that makes the difference. Um, all right, Mike, uh, I think that's all I had. Oh, I had one more ditty, Mike. What, what do you think about this? Uh, somebody was saying, you know, more insiders playing great now. How great is he going to play when he has an actual defensive partner or, uh, you know, a, a real defensive pairing partner? Uh, brought in the idea of like, dude, you know, like when we see some of these, uh, like in the NFL, we have, we have teams that do the same thing year after year. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, then like a Sean McVay comes in and tries to like redo how offense works. And, um, you know, now he's got Stafford and he's going to the Super Bowl, but he made that, that team work even without Stafford, that offense. Mike, what, why don't we do something different? What what is up with this? We need to have like let's let's just Cider's the man already dragging around the corpse of DeKaiser. Let's lean into it, Mike. Four forwards and a cider. Let's just let's do something completely different. We run every time Cider's out there, we're gonna run it, have four forwards shoot into the net and have Cider just backing us up and playing quarterback. Is, is that what we're doing with Osterley? What do you mean? If we put him with Cider, I mean, because he, you know, played a game or two at, at wing, uh, is that what they're attempting with that maneuver? Um, oh, I, I, I wouldn't say that, but well, I know you're trying to have a fun topic, yeah, but I, I don't know where you're going with this, Matt. You madman! No, we need <laughs> we need defensemen out there. We can't 
Let's wrap it up the show. I thought it would be fun oh. to just toss that out there. All right. So maybe not fun. Um, no, no we fun. take this seriously. This is Red Wings hockey. We can't mess around with how hockey's supposed to work, Mike. Hockey's hockey. All right. I'm going uh, five defensemen because one is not helping. Wouldn't that be fun, though? Like, just, okay, whatever. Nobody wants to play this game with me. Anyways, uh, wrap it up. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Don't forget, we've got our uh, hashtag Save Us Verona t-shirts at uh, bodpodcast.com, brothersofdiscussion.com. Just hit the shop page or uh, shop button. Uh, head out over to uh, at BOD Hockey. You know, I tried to switch us today to at Red Wings Rant, but somebody has Snag that it. Twitter handle, and they have no! one follower. So, uh, oh, man, yeah, they're thanks. huge. Thanks, dude. Um, it was me. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we, we're still at BOD hockey for the time being. Um, what else do we have? Oh yeah. Go, uh, subscribe and review, uh, Apple podcasts, Spotify, Spotify. You could review now. So we'd really appreciate that. Um, if you guys have the time and, uh, yeah, I guess, uh, everybody's checking out the Darren McCarty episode. So, uh, you guys go do yourself a favor. So, Don't forget uh, to look I, up I, the I, Ken Cal one too. Look up the good it, one. Threw it in the chat, uh, episode 38, season two, Darren McCarty was the guest. Uh, you can hear Mike and I humor him and him not listen to anything we're saying. Uh, it's fun. Anyways, wrap it up. Yes, I, get, I don't think it was because then the next time uh, I, I emailed his representative, they, they never got back with me. Um, yeah, let's wrap up. Right. Let's wrap it up. Off in the sunset. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Uh, let's cross our fingers on this third period here that uh, we don't get absolutely launched on the shot chart. All right. Whee! Toodaloo, everyone. Toodaloo.